And chronic pain is something that has been there more than a couple months at least. Um, and that's something that responds really well to deep tissue therapy um, because those muscles are essentially just tight and they want to be stretched and loosened up. And so that dealing with chronic pain and massage, it's like one just almost is like the cure for the other. Welcome to the Wellness Plus podcast brought to you by wellnessplus.tv. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Chandler Rose, licensed massage therapist. Thank you so much for joining me, Chandler. Thank you so much for having me back again. I always love being here. Awesome. So I was hoping that you could talk a little bit today about pain and, you know, I think for so many people out there that are experiencing, you know, whether it's just the usual stuff like, you know, back pain or headaches and kind of these common types of pain that a lot of people experience, um, there's this feeling like pain is a mystery and the idea of reducing our pain or relieving our pain. um, I'm hoping that you can just talk a little bit about um, things people can do to reduce things like back pain and headaches and maybe some of the, you know, common causes of pain so that we can just hopefully solve the mystery of pain a little bit, or at least give people some real solutions that they can use to help themselves out of pain. Sure. Yeah. I love talking about pain and, um, helping people in pain. It is a very mysterious topic with Mm -hmm. a lot of different elements to it that can be involved. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is actually um, position during sleep. Uh, I find that a lot of people don't think much about how they're sleeping Mm -hmm. because by the time we actually get there, we just want to crash. Right. (laughs) Um, But for me personally, uh, a really cool tool for... um, limiting low back pain if you're a side sleeper because a lot of the pain I see is either shoulder or hip um, is putting a pillow between your knees. Oh yeah, that's Um, something that I do. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) I actually feel a big difference. Yeah, it really helps. And it's one of those funny things that when you start doing it, you feel like you always have to do it because it helps you. And Mm -hmm. so getting into a routine of creating a comfortable space for sleeping. Mm -hmm. And it it isn't just about comfort or loving um, maybe the depth of your mattress, but thinking about physically what your sleep patterns are. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it comes from being a a little kid, you know, or being an infant or even, you know, gestationally how we're positioned. Um, So having some thought around what your sleep patterns are. I do notice that a lot of people sleep on one one shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, so having enough pillows where you can hug a pillow, you can put one between your knees. Um, if you're a side sleeper, you can do one under a top knee and then the other leg is straight. Um, if you're a back sleeper or if you can practice uh, naps or resting on your back, make sure your feet and knees are elevated. Mm. Um, even the practice of changing the blood flow uh, there's a there's a yoga posture called waterfall, which is just having your feet up on a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't even need to go that far. But 
um, you know, so much of what we do is standing or sitting um, in a position with our shoulders forward, our head forward, this kind of very active posture Mm -hmm. and the posture of creating space for your joints and also lifting your knees and legs helps the blood actually flow the opposite way. Um, So I would say the first kind of easy adjustment one can make is creating a really healthy sleep practice. And Mm -hmm. maybe you will always be a shoulder sleeper. Uh, Maybe you'll always have kind of a funny posture in your sleep. But I do notice a lot of people that wake up with like a funny neck. It's due to, you know, a lot of stress during the day. Maybe it's due to uh, a posture that has them, you know, looking at a cell phone all the time or using that thumb to text or a Mm -hmm. computer or driving. Um, So creating a space um, in your sleep, you know, whether it's the pillow, you know, that's kind of my magical tool. Um, or stretching before bedtime. Also, mm-hmm. we go to sleep uh, very tense. Um, so creating a practice before bed, you know, something simple, a few minutes a day um, on a yoga mat doing a little stretching or even just on your bed mm-hmm. um, and, you know, being in a position where uh, your neck is flat against um, your pillow or your mattress and you're thinking about your spine being straight and really grounding into the space that you're on. Mm -hmm. And then again, like elevating the feet and knees is really helpful for low back pain. So do you mean like, you know, actually maybe stacking up some pillows underneath your knees (laughs) when you sleep? You could. Um, For me, I'm a side sleeper, so sleeping on my back is a challenge. However, Mm -hmm. when I can sleep like that, I wake up, even if it's just a few hours, like a chunk of time, Mm -hmm. I wake up feeling like my body is so much more relaxed. So if you can get yourself comfortable enough as you're falling asleep to try sleeping on your back with your knees elevated, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I mean it's a really cool practice that you can do while you're sleeping. Right. Um, but it isn't, it's not easy to change something that you've done forever. So right. it's not easy to change what you do in the middle of the night while you're sleeping, but right, as exactly. a simple practice that people can think about, um, you know, considering, you know, having additional pillows or, you know, they actually make pillows specifically for between the knees now. They I do. just use like a, a regular one or whatever. Right. But, um, you know, and looking at the pillow that you use under your neck, I think everyone's just different. Like I'm a, I'm a small pillow person. Right. And if I stay in a hotel or something and there's that big, thick pillow, I will almost always wake up with a neck ache. Right. (laughs) You know, but little simple things like, hey, maybe consider a different pillow or a pillow between the knees, a couple minutes of stretching before bed. I mean, that's something that I... I just kind of do without even thinking about it. Right. I lay down and it's like my body is like beckoning me to like, hey, do some stretching. So (laughs) I'll actually just, yeah, while I'm laying in bed, I'll lift my legs up in the air, kind of like that waterfall pose or legs up the wall, but I'll just do it in air. Right. And I'll usually do a little of the kind of like figure four stretches. And um, right. I mean, it's just kind of become like my little thing that I do at night while I'm laying in bed. And then as I start feeling 
my muscles feeling more relaxed and then I start like laying down to really fall asleep, I just feel I feel different than I did before. So it's right. interesting how like that physical stretching and physical movement kind of I mean it has like an effect on our nervous system. It does. Right? And uh, just touching in on screens too. We've talked about this before, but turning off if you know if you're someone that falls asleep with the TV on, I do it on occasion. If you know I'm in the mood for watching a movie or something, but um, making a point to shut your screens off and you know push them away from you and having a little bit of time before you fall asleep where you're just in a quiet, relaxed space. Mm. So you have your whole day all the events that led you to where you are, but then you're going into your sleep time um, more relaxed and hopefully in a better postural position, which will help you when you wake up to not be in as much pain if it is due to that kind of thing. Right. And then also I think it's important to kind of note that, you know, the time that we are asleep is really like the main time that our body is able to go in and just take care of all of the stuff that it couldn't do while we were moving at a hundred miles a minute all throughout our day. So yeah, healing and repairing damaged tissues, everything from, you know, you know, they say that our, our cells are, you know, they're, I mean, they're just in a constant state of reproduction and replenishing. Right. Um, so this perspective of getting really good sleep as your first measure, because you're going to feel better, right. you're going to feel better when you wake up, but then you're also creating this very um, healthy environment for your body to take care of all the healing and repairing that it needs to do. And largely when people are skimping on their sleep or they're not getting a good quality of sleep because the TV is on or whatever, like you mentioned, um, you know, the body is being um, prevented from doing all of this really important kind of healing and repair work. And I think that... um, I mean, clearly sleep is an entire topic we could dedicate to, but, uh, but from the perspective of people that want to reduce their pain levels, just realizing that the simple things you do to improve your quality of sleep and hopefully sleep in a healthier position, um, is a really good place to start. It is for sure. Um, I would say probably the next kind of idea or tip for me, um, and what I tell my clients is notice where your pain is. Mm. Um, and that's something you can do before you fall asleep or when you wake up, just noticing. Uh, and if you don't have pain, it could be, cause there are a lot of people out there that don't complain of any pain. And then I work on them and whoa, there's some, you know, work on them, meaning do massage. And then it's, you know, uncovering all these spots that are actually really sore. Mm. Um, So if you're not someone that experiences pain, but you're someone that feels tension, the idea of just laying in a still position and scanning one's body and feeling maybe any misalignments or places where there are more uh, kind of tense areas or more congestion. For me as a massage therapist, I 
feel my forearms sometimes. I almost mm-hmm. feel like I don't feel pain in them, but I almost feel like kind of like they're a little bit warmer. And like there's mm-hmm. just like I know there's stuff in there. And if I were to go in there and work on it or have someone else work on it, it would be painful. Right. But the idea of starting with noticing your pain and figuring out what spots are there because sometimes that even in itself is mysterious. Someone with low back pain could feel um, something like in their glute, like in a deep hip kind of place, mm-hmm. but actually their hamstrings are super tight and they're pulling on that area. Mm-hmm. So just doing a little investigation of where your pain is and what you believe you're doing every day to cause that, you know, if it's if it's work, if it's computer, if it's posture, if it's driving, maybe you can't limit that kind of activity, but being aware of how tight those muscles are mm-hmm. is a good place to start. So sleep position and then um, acknowledging where your pain is mm-hmm. and how you can effectively change that pain. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're, you know, you're exactly right. If we are honest with ourselves, you know, and, you know, so for me, that would be, I notice a lot of, um, of neck tension for myself. Um, and I know that it is from a lot of like leaning down and looking at my phone and I spend so much time, um, texting with people, scheduling presenters, you know, I mean, it's just, it's constant. Um, and I notice that. So I've tried to, um, you know, make an effort in my day of like, you know, holding the phone up so that I'm not doing this crazy thing. Right. Um, or, you know, whenever I can do something on a computer instead of on my phone. Right. Um, you know, try to do that as much as possible because even though sitting at the computer isn't really that much better, I do feel that it's not, it's not as bad as like leaning down and being on my cell phone. Well, um, yeah. And the variety Creating variety is Mm. really helpful with pain when you're talking about any subject of pain, especially posture. So just changing it up, like you said, going from the cell phone to the computer, it's a different position. Mm -hmm. It's also also different visual stimulation, or maybe it's in a space where you can actually focus versus for me when I'm on my phone and I'm like running around maybe in a city and I have my little girl with me, it's like not the best time to be working on my phone, you know, but sometimes you can't help it. But if you can designate work time to being a little more ergonomical or a little more healthy in how Mm -hmm. you're actively working, um, just the acknowledgement is huge as far as pain is concerned. The acknowledgement Mm -hmm. of um, our postures that are so repetitive and not natural to us. Yeah. And where that pain is coming from Mm -hmm. with that. And I think that's a really, you know, important piece of our little, you know, pain puzzle, so to speak, um, are those repetitive motions. Right. And, you know, we definitely live in a day and age where there's a lot of repetitive motions that most of us are doing. And we think most commonly about, you know, typing on a computer, driving a car, sitting, you know, most of us are, you know, we're just sitting all day. Um, and, you know, I think when they talk about, um, you know, like they've been saying that like sitting, it's the new smoking, you know, like sitting is just as bad for you as smoking. Um, and I think it kind of, 
you know, um, like there's two pieces there. So there's like what sitting is actually doing to your body and the different muscles that it pulls on and whatever. Um, but then there's also just the component of like how much you're doing it. Right. And how often. Sedentary. So, um, you know, one of the tips that I give in a lot of my, my health coaching is just encouraging people to, uh, to split up the day. Um, and I'm a big fan of the standing desk riser thing for right. people that have to be at a desk for long periods of time. Right. Because it's not about that you're suddenly going to start standing for five hours a day. Right. But it's just breaking up the repetitive motion. Exactly. So even if you only rise up your desk and stand for, you know, five minutes. Yes. Once an hour or once every two hours. Like, just breaking up the repetitive motion with something different. Exactly. um, You know, has such a positive effect. Right. That kind of makes me think about what I would do next if I were to have pain right now. Um, And I would instruct someone that can figure out, isolate where their pain is and figure out how to manipulate those muscles and stretch them if possible. Um, and if you're not someone that is experience, experiencing pain, but you just have tension and you have to be, you know, at an office all day or you mm-hmm. have to be wherever you are, maybe you're driving all day for work. But if you can find, you know, some self-care stretches, even if it's just one minute of, you know, pulling your head to one side and allowing your neck to stretch in an opposite position of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, even deeper than that on a massage perspective, being able to, if there's an area of your body that you can actually touch, I mean, some areas are harder to work on than others. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not easy to give yourself a back massage with your own hands. It's just (laughs) not. But if you have forearm tension, which Mm -hmm. a lot of us do from computers or cell phones, and we don't even realize until we get a massage, oh my gosh, my forearms are so, so tight and sore. There's Mm -hmm. so much pain there. And maybe that's actually coming from the neck Um, or they're related. But manipulating an area like your forearm, if you're someone that is at a desk or working on a computer using your hands, maybe you're a musician um, and you can do, you have strong hands and you can do, you know, some work on your forearms, just simple Mm -hmm. squeezing. You don't need to be a licensed massage therapist to intuitively learn how to massage your yourself in a healing way right yeah and i'll actually um like use my elbow sometimes oh yeah in the forearm and actually like after i'm playing guitar i'll use my elbow like in my hand or whatever and like and it's awesome because like from this you know position kind of like using my elbow to massage you know, the other hand, my right arm is actually like stays pretty relaxed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not pushing with this arm. I'm using this hand to like push into my elbow. It's amazing. And I mean, I just like really gotten into to working on myself um, before I practice the guitar and then while I'm playing, um, taking time to like stretch, stretch my arms up overhead. You know, I find that just having, again, that repetitive motion of my arms forward, just holding my arms back and trying to like stretch my shoulders out the other way. Yeah. It is the difference between 
like me being able to practice for 20 or 30 minutes and then I have to stop because my back is hurting and I can't take it anymore or I'm able to like sit there for a lot longer and then I get done and I feel good <laughs> rather right. than worse. Yeah. Um, so like inserting self-care, stretching, self-massage right. throughout your day whenever you can. Yeah, whenever you can. Um, and, and people kind of look at me a lot like, what are you doing with your neck? And it's like, they don't know I'm a massage therapist, but mm-hmm. I work on myself all the time. And yeah. being a massage therapist is not easy on my body. And I couldn't do what I do if my body were just this tight ball of pain. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of jobs out there that are so deeply physical. And if they aren't physical, on the other flip side is they're stuck. Um, so anything stuck or anything um, repetitive or anything really deeply physical will involve a certain level of kind of soothing and, you know, uh, loosening those muscles uh, to create more space and more circulation in the body, which helps Mm. us to get out of that pain cycle. Because really pain is just a message. It's a message from our bodies telling us something's going on Mm -hmm. um, to not ignore it. Um, With massage, I always try to tell people with the really tender areas because they're the people that know that going there will help them. And that's Mm -hmm. the same with self-massage. Going into a space, maybe it's your feet are really tender, but the feet are really easy to work on for yourself. Um, But going into those painful places and creating space and warming up the tissue and loosening the tissue, it's all about creating these little new spaces and and stretches for these tiny little fibers. Mm -hmm. And if you can change the quality of whatever that tissue is feeling like, then that will most likely affect the whole and Mm -hmm. affect that sort of pain cycle or that pain message that's coming through. Interesting. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psyche truth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all of our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind the scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psyche truth. That's P-S-Y. C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H. Then that will most likely affect the whole and Mm -hmm. affect that sort of pain cycle or that pain message that's coming through. Interesting. There was something that you said yesterday, you know, we were filming a video that was like, you know, how to help a friend with headaches and DIY techniques that you can do for yourself for a headache. Um, And one of the things you said was that, you know, going into those areas of tension where it feels really, really tender. Um, And what that means for anyone who doesn't know is like, you know, sometimes, you know, you're, you're getting work, somebody's working on you, they're, you know, kind of touching around the body. And then there will be a certain spot that just, it, it feels more tender. It's more sensitive. It can't take as much pressure um, without like kind of sending off the siren in your brain. Right. So you're saying going into those tender places, those muscles that are kind of like screaming at you, they're really tender and sensitive. Those are the 
that's the area that can create change. Exactly. So you go into that difficult place or that tense muscle that feels really tense and tender when you're stretching it, but like that is the the realm of of changing the body, of changing the condition. It is, and your body wants to move. I mean, we're mm. we're born to move. We're these incredible beings that can run and move and we're so intricate in the way we're all put together and your body is asking for that area to be loosened up and you can look at research on all sorts of internal conditions that will show up as we age Mm -hmm. and a lot of it has to do with circulation or a stagnancy which means it's a place that hasn't had a lot of movement. Um, so massage, I mean, say you're, you are sedentary or, or that you're, you know, whatever your circumstance is, that you can't move a lot. Massage is a really great way to get that circulation happening, mm-hmm. which will really help with pain. Now, um, there's chronic pain and there's acute pain. And chronic pain is something that has been there more than a couple months, at least. Um, And that's something that responds really well to deep tissue therapy um, because those muscles are essentially just tight and they want to be stretched and loosened up. And so Mm -hmm. that dealing with chronic pain and massage, it's like one just almost is like the cure for the other. Um, And then with acute pain, that that comes from an injury that just happened. So say you, you bumped your knee and, um, or you hit your elbow super hard. Like I just, I just hit my elbow a little bit, (laughs) but, but that kind of thing, um, that kind of pain, that intense new pain doesn't respond to massage. So, um, whenever I'm talking about pain, I'm, even if I don't say it, I'm, more talking about chronic pain, which Mm -hmm. is something that most of us just carry around and we don't even know it until we get in there ourselves or have someone else push on it. Mm -hmm. And then acute is going to be something like hot or fiery, like an injury, which I would say, you know, just nurture it, cool it. Um, Massage is going to bring heat to the area. Also a really great remedy for chronic pain, heat. Mm. Um, I soak in baths. That's my my best tool, my my cheapest tool, even though it uses a bunch of water and I even struggle with that part of it. But it's something that I give myself um, because when your body is warmer, it's more flexible. And if mm. you have places of pain that are really chronically tight and tense and cold and you warm that area up, and then you go in and you massage it a little bit, or maybe you're just soaking your feet in some hot water. Maybe it's as simple as that. That warming of the tissue allows all that kind of stuckness to relax, Mm. and new fresh blood can circulate through those areas and definitely take down the pain, if not eliminate it completely. Very interesting, you know, because we've we've heard so many times from people, you know, take a hot bath, take a hot bath. But no one's ever really explained it to me like that before. Like, hey, the heat comes in, it helps your muscles let go, it helps your muscles be more flexible. Um, so something like, you know, taking a hot bath or even just soaking your feet in, in a hot bath. Which or is... if you're a shower person, I'm not against those at all. 
But I do think there's something to be said about laying down if you're it's, you have a big enough tub for whatever your size is. I know right. a lot of my clients say, "Oh, I'm too tall," or you know, and and tubs are really not designed for soaking. Um, yeah, I'm. But there was a time where that was practiced, and a lot of mm-hmm. cultures still practice it, and that's a big part of what they do is they soak their muscles. Mm-hmm. So even you know, even if the shower is what you have. Um, you can use that too as hydrotherapy. You know, yeah. you can let the shower kind of pound down on your shoulders and um, heat up your your neck. And I, I also think there's something to be said about having an isolated area of pain. And if it's chronic, submerging your whole body in water. Maybe it's going swimming. You know, maybe it's jumping in a cold pool. Also, that can be helpful because you're you're changing the temperature of your body, which really is a good remedy for any kind of pain. Temperature change is really good, as long as it's not an injury. Um, yeah, temperature, any kind of water element, you know, yeah. there's different options out there. And then what about, like, alternating cold and heat? Because that's something that I think we hear about a lot in, like, the realm of physical therapy. They'll talk about, you know, alternating ice and heat. Yeah. Would that be something that... Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting practice. I don't actually recommend it very often, uh, but I do think it can be utilized for the right scenario. Um, your body, if it's cooled, is naturally going to warm up once you're out of whatever you're submerged in. So if you took like an ice bath, that heat change, um, you know, is going to, is going to offer you something. And Mm -hmm. same with, you know, if you do like a, a hot pack on something, um, I would say generally for chronic pain, uh, heat is your best remedy okay. for acute pain. Um, cold is your best remedy, like bonking yourself or like yeah, or twisting a... your ankle. Or... Exactly. Um, but I know that the hot cold is a cool concept. And if you're going to, if you have the chance to go to a, like a soaking place or a spa of sorts, a lot of times a really good one will have several different spaces that are different temperatures. Mm-hmm. And so you can soak in a very kind of medium, like, you know, kind of like a bathtub kind of thing. And then you can go in a really hot steam or you can get into a cold plunge for a second or even just mm-hmm. dumping a thing of water over your head. I mean, all of that's hydrotherapy and it is really helpful. If it's chronic pain, um, the changing of the temperature is is helpful for sure. So I I mean, I've only done that a few times in my life, but I definitely left um, that place being a changed person. Mm -hmm. Like I remember my my ears felt different, like sound, you know, everything was enhanced because my body, the temperature had changed so much and I'd probably released so much in my body in that time of soaking in a really warm tub and then doing the cold and so, so yeah, there's, there's room for that. If you can make the time and effort. Um, I also think hot and cold can be really good if you're just doing an isolated area, like, um, like your ar- forearms, we we're talking about forearms and there's a lot of people that have really tight forearms. Oh, and yeah. if you can do an immersion bath or tub, one with ice and one with hot water and you have really sore for- forearms and you can go back and forth. That's wow. a really good way to use um, two different temperature elements to help relieve pain. 
Wow, very cool. And then that kind of reminds me, you know, yesterday when we were doing the video about headaches, you talked about using um, a cold pack on the back of the neck over the occiput, right where the neck kind of uh, meets the skull, so to speak. Right. Um, Yes. And that, I was like, man, that's such an awesome idea. Um, I'll a lot of times do like a cool washcloth over my eyes and forehead. Yes. Um, But I'm like, man, I definitely have to try that. Um, ice pack over the occiput for a yes. headache. <laughs> Having a soft, movable ice pack on hand if you're someone that gets tension headaches mm-hmm. or really stiff neck, um, it is really good. And I tend to stay away from heat in the head because a lot of people that have headaches, it's it's due to the fact that they are thinking and focusing so much Mm. and there's all this energy and circulation going to their head and there's probably maybe other chemical and elements involved water intake acidity food i mean other things chemical whatever but using cold on the head um is pretty cool because um there's been a lot of research done on actually uh, these helmets that were created that would circulate water. Hmm. And and these helmets were done with uh, sleep research. And turns out these people that wore these kind of circulating cool water helmets on their head were falling asleep faster. I want sleeping one. Sleeping deeper. Uh, just, you're just explaining it. I'm like, I need one of these helmets. That sounds amazing. It yeah. sounds like it would just feel so, so good. Yeah. So cold on the head good definitely more therapeutic than using cold for like a low back issue or um i think anything involving the internal organs um in the center you want to stick with warmth you want to stick with making things um warmer now like i said you're think you're you're dealing with the thinking center when it comes to the head and headaches and neck pain so Having an ice pack on hand is such Mm -hmm. a good tool for that, especially women. I feel like we also have hormonal changes that can cause headaches. And the cold um, can be a really easy tool to just, you know, at least decrease the level of pain that's happening there. You mentioned earlier that the most common things you see among your massage clients are shoulder pain and hip pain. So I was kind of hoping we could maybe like take each of those little avenues and, uh, you know, I guess we'll start with tense shoulders. Right. That is probably, you know, something that I can definitely relate to. I would imagine most of the people listening can also relate to that. Yeah. Um, What would you, you know, recommend to people or what do you recommend, you know, to your massage clients for reducing shoulder pain? Yeah. Uh, Yes, definitely. Most of us have shoulder issues um i would say nine times out of ten people come in saying work between my shoulder blades massage between my shoulder blades Mm -hmm. um and that area would be on either side of the spine um which does really help people uh if you can get a massage or if you can use a tool or watch one of our videos um where you can actually use like a therapy ball or a block to work in those areas Mm -hmm. um but I also think that with any kind of pain, there's something to be said about the mind-body connection. So 
most of the time when there is kind of this need or want for work or massage or attention on that area, um, it's due to a forward shoulder posture, which mm-hmm. means your shoulders are forward and your pecs are tight. And then your trapezius in the back and other muscles involved are actually stretched. So it's almost like you, you know, imagine like a turtle shell and that's, you know, what people want to work on, right? Mm-hmm. And that's their shell, um, which is good. But if you have all this tension in the front that's pulling the shoulders forward, just working on the back is not going to fix the pain. Mm. So I would encourage um, people to think about the posture in their chest and to figure out a way to stretch their pecs, for one. Um, You can do simple door stretches. Um, You know, maybe I need to do a video on just that area because it is a mysterious area. Um, So doing pec stretches um, in you know, in a way that is healthy for the body, um, finding a corner of the room where you can kind of lean in and really open up your pecs. And also the act of opening your palms up towards the ceiling um, if you're laying down or if you're falling asleep. And even the act of having your palms up, it it allows the shoulder, it rotates the shoulders back. Um, and then in addition to that, another really easy technique for, um, kind of this shoulder back issue is massaging the pecs and you can easily massage that area with your own hands because Mm -hmm. it's really easy to reach. And you can also do the anterior neck, which, um, you know, anytime I talk about pain, I'm going to address it in a holistic theory, kind of, um, Mm -hmm. thinking about that we are this big pulley system and you can't just loosen one thing up and have everything else um, be in perfect alignment. You have to almost kind of trick the body out of pain. So with shoulder issues, you know, a lot of times it's someone that is really right dominant. And so I like to talk to people about, you know, what the potential causes of the pain are. Are you Mm -hmm. carrying a purse on one side? Do you have this big, heavy bag that you haul around? Maybe you have a backpack, but you only sling it on one shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then you do all your whatever with your right hand. What's your left hand doing? The acknowledgement of um, being really dominant on one side Mm -hmm. can also help you to see where that tension is building from. Mm -hmm. And if you can get massage and do self-massage on both sides, a lot of times you realize that one side is indeed compensating for the other. Um, So anytime someone has like a deep shoulder issue, I encourage them to, you know, really open their pecs and get this type of work happening. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're someone that's on the run, but you can find a good corner in your house to kind of lean up against. Um, We also have this very intricate rib cage. And most of us that complain about knots in the back in massage, you hear that a lot, the term, I have these knots in my back. Can you, you know, work them out? A lot of times those are actually ribs that are out of place and they're just like poking out into the back, which 
most of us live with probably two or three ribs out of place on each side that are just a little out of place and it's due to this forward shoulder posture so again mm. any kind of pec chest um, opening you can do will help uh, decrease that sort of tension in the back wow um and you know because yeah. that is so interesting too um it reminds me a lot of yoga you know i think there's so many you know yoga postures and movements and they talk about like heart opening right um and opening across the chest and lifting up with your chest um and then there's even you know poses where you're like would hold your hands you know hold your arms behind your back um twists and things like that and i and i have definitely noticed since i've started you know doing more yoga and just like trying to just integrate the poses into my life so i'm even like doing stretches when i feel that my body needs them right um and you're definitely right there's a a big correlation between um not only trying to like stop the forward shoulder posture and just trying to sit with better posture and think about, you know, trying to keep the shoulders open, um, but stretching out those muscles on the front of the body of the upper chest, the pectoral muscles. I mean, it just feels amazing. It does. And after I do, you know, maybe it's like kind of a gentle backbend kind of thing. Like I can't do a full on backbend, but I'll kind of do like the camel pose. You're just kind of like gently opening the chest. Um, And when I get done doing those kind of heart opener poses, I'll feel like decreased tension, you know, all the way around like my neck, my shoulders. And I'm just kind of like, wow, kind of crazy that, you know, you think you need somebody to like dig into your shoulder with their elbow. Um, But interestingly, just like stretching out my pecs and you're totally right doing like self massage. Um, and you, and when you start, at least for me, when I start kind of palpating around, um, you know, through these muscles, I mean, it's super tender. It's super tender. It's so, and it's way more tender than my shoulder. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I can like literally take somebody digging in with their elbow and the top of my trap and be like, oh, it feels amazing. Right. If they did that right here, you know, like I wouldn't be able to even take right, <laughs> like exactly. a tenth of the pressure. And and, um, and it's because there's so much more stretch going on and your body's mm. so used to this and you can handle that being pushed on. But up yeah. here, it's the opposite. It's that, you know, it's used to being, you know, forward and even mm-hmm. myself. And, and, and when you talk about yoga practice, you can really get into um, the organ and emotional component and spiritual com- component of doing um, heart openers or chest yeah. openers. And even if you're not into all that, that's fine. But on an energetic level and on a physiological level, the more open um, this part can be, the more you can breathe. Yeah. And it's breathing so deeper. Um, I mean, and I think about the rib cage and I talk about it a lot because um, if you can loosen up the intercostal muscles, which are these little intricate muscles that connect the ribs and you can go in and you can loosen those up or even the idea of loosening these little muscles between the ribs when those muscles are loosened you can take a bigger breath than you've taken in a really long time Mm -hmm. and so we do often with pain especially if pain symptoms are coming up we've been carrying this around for a while because the body's first message isn't pain 
um, the body's first message is tension. And there's a difference between feeling actual pain and just feeling tight. Mm -hmm. Um, So to prevent pain, I would say really make a point to address your body when it's tight. And then you're not actually going as far as being in pain. Because Mm -hmm. when you're in pain, your body is actually in crisis. Um, It needs you to stop and slow down and kind of figure out what the heck is going on. Because that's just a message your body is, you know, telling you, this is too much. Mm -hmm. We need to decrease whatever this is and slow down. Right. We've just kind of forgotten that, like, you know, pain isn't just there to, like, drive us crazy and be annoying and make our day harder. I mean, it provides a really important purpose from a survival standpoint that it's the only way our bodies can communicate with us. Right. You know, it's not like you're sitting there and you're like, oh, you know what, I think my liver... Oh, yeah, my liver's communicating with me right now. Um, You know, and so the only way our hamstrings or our glutes or our pectoral muscles or whatever, you know, the only way they can communicate with us is through pain. Right. And so what you're saying is that by the time you're feeling pain and not just like, oh, it's kind of tense, but you're feeling like significant pain that your body is already in crisis from that time. You've already been creating a problem and you know, perpetuating that problem for probably a long time. Yes. And so now your body's like panicking to try and get you to change. Exactly. So the more pain you're experiencing, the stronger your body is just trying to be like, hey, you person up there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, and then slow down. Slow down. Change what you're doing. Breathe. Um, Breathe, which is, you know... One of those things that, I mean, obviously our body breathes without us having to think about it. Right. But when but we the slow intentional down, breath is powerful, especially yeah. with pain. Yeah. Especially with head pain. That's a big mm. one. Um, and we talked a lot about headaches. Um, but head pain, uh, breath is really important because mm. if you're holding your breath, a lot of times, you know, you're driving or you're focusing, or maybe you just got some crazy information you need to figure out how to deal with. Yeah. And, and when you just start holding your breath, you know, yeah, so. when you're really feeling a lot of pain as well, I'll notice that I'm holding my breath. Exactly. I'm just kind of like, oh, oh whatever. And then Oxygen you... helps. It really wow. does. And it's free. It is. You know, people yeah. kind of roll their eyes at me when I try to talk about like breathing and all the benefits of breathing. And I'm like, you know, why are you going to roll your eyes? I'm yeah. trying to tell you about a solution right. anyone can use. Yeah. Literally any time. Like literally there's no time at which you couldn't breathe unless maybe you're like doing some kind of underwater how long can I hold my breath thing. Okay. Yeah. Aside from that, you can do it anytime, anywhere. It's completely free. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. And I mean, would you say that the breath is one of the best ways for reducing pain? I mean, in terms of how important oxygen I, is for I our would body. say yes. I would say breathing and it allows you to get back into your body and out of your mind. Yeah. And and um, probably next to that, I would say, would be drinking water. Mm. Um, because a lot of us get into this stress cycle, or maybe we're living off of coffee. And I really love coffee, so I'm not saying anything bad about it. But um, 
fluids, you know, healthy fluids and thinking about the kind of water you're drinking and are you drinking enough? Are you drinking less because you don't want to have to pee as often? Like, what is the reason? (laughs) Because if you're in pain, you most likely need water Mm -hmm. and you most likely need a slower breath and you most likely need to slow your whole body down. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, again, water, great example of something people kind of roll their eyes at. But at the same time, like most people are probably walking around dehydrated. Right. Um, and, you know, when I start to get a headache, you know, the first thing I'll do is just slam, you know, a huge amount of water. I'm a big fan of drinking like room temperature water or whatever, because I can't really slam ice water very quickly. Um, you know, but a big glass of room temperature water and probably eight times out of ten my I, my headache will go away. And I'm like, woohoo, awesome. It was just that I needed to drink water, you know? Yeah. Um, so again, it's like one of those things that it's not difficult to do. It's just difficult to make a habit of it. Right. And, you know? and there are staples in things that we like to drink. And a lot of times, even with myself, it's like, oh, I only have room for this one thing. But like, have whatever it is you have and then have water too mm-hmm. because you can continue to supple- supplement water because nothing will really replace that. I mean, yeah. if it's if it's a fresh organic juice and all the components are, you know, very nutrient dense, awesome. You know, that's hydrating and nutrient dense. Mm-hmm. So it's offering your body lots of vitamins and minerals. But, you know, drinking soft drinks or drinking juice or drinking coffee all day long and never drinking an actual glass of water. Mm -hmm. If you're in pain, I believe you because water is important when it comes Mm -hmm. to pain Mm -hmm. and keeping yourself out of pain. Right. Yeah. You know, and they talk about, you know, like 70 to 80% or something of our body is water. For me, what kind of like made the aha moment for why water is so important is that when you study uh, the biochemistry, like every single chemical reaction has water in it. Like it's just part of literally every single chemical reaction. So you start to kind of think like, well, how many chemical reactions is my body doing at any given time? And it's probably thousands, if not millions, if you talk about like every single cell in every tissue and, you know, it's just constant. And I started going like, oh, like my body needs the water so that it can do the chemical reactions it needs to do, right. whether it's trying to, you know, heal a damaged tissue or come in and, you know, just helping to replenish my skin cells and all of our different organs and everything. They're just constantly replenished. Right. Not to mention, you know, breaking down the nutrients in our food. Right. Or helping the body to detoxify right. from those negative things that right. come in. You know, I mean, there's just so many things. Um, so did you have anything else about shoulder pain? Cause I'm excited to get into the hip issues because low back pain is something that I experience a lot. So <laughs> yeah, I would just say anytime I talk about a specific area and shoulders, you know, they bug a lot of us, but to really think about it, um, as your whole body, mm-hmm. because maybe that is a weak place where the pain is showing up. Um, And I get a lot of these shoulder clients that are like, just work on my back, just work on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And to all of those people, I would encourage you to massage your entire body from head Mm -hmm. to toe. And if you get a treatment, 
to get a full body massage because yeah. you can you can ask that person to work for 20 or 30 minutes on your shoulder but get everything else touched in on because it does a lot of different things yeah. it helps with the pulley system right so on a physiological level there's change mm-hmm. But it also, it helps the blood flow, all the things you were just mentioning. And there's something about getting away from the pain area and working somewhere else. Just to bring your attention. Away. Away from the area that's exactly crazy. And it's much more relaxing than getting a treatment on just one body part. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that, you know, sometimes that's what's necessary for what's going on. But I really encourage people if you're going to get a treatment or a massage or if you're going to lay down and do self-massage, really try to think about, even if it's just an intention, relaxing everything else around that one part that hurts. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just trying to relax that one part, it's probably not going to look, not going to work. But if you go through your whole body and scan everything from head to toe, most likely the pulley system, you know, the pain signal, a lot of it will change and shift and you'll mm-hmm. realize, wow, it's maybe my right hip and it's not actually my left shoulder. And that right. left shoulder is actually, you know, it's actually my hip is twisted and I feel it in that shoulder. Right. Like I said, that's maybe the weakest place where you're feeling it, but it may not mm. be the actual cause. I hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Wellness Plus podcast brought to you by wellnessplus.tv a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to our extensive library, including tons of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage tutorials, ASMR, guided meditations, educational health videos, and much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today with wellnessplus.tv. But it may not be the actual cause for it. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of something that um, Melissa Lemonian actually said in one of the, um, like, pain relief stretching videos she was making, and she talked about how um, a lot of times you can think on the diagonal Right. So like if it's your exactly. if it's your right shoulder mm-hmm. that like maybe you should, you know, should just work on like your left hip, your low back and right. you just kind of as a as a guide for, you know, kind of thinking about how you're going to approach this, like thinking on a diagonal. So I started trying that. And I started freaking noticing it that she was totally right. Yeah. And I'm when I'm in those days that I'm feeling like, "Oh god, my right shoulder is just crazy." Um, I'll do these little hip circles that she taught um and just kind of like you know even like with my own hand you know massaging into like my my hip on the back and like you know you can you can do a lot um to kind of work on yourself um you know when you have that pain in the hip um and interestingly it would it would oftentimes help benefit the shoulder yeah um so i thought that was just really fascinating yes kind of thinking about the diagonal yeah. Yeah, it is important. So when we talk about it, just to like go over that again, a lot of times when you see things coming up in one shoulder, you're going to see it in your opposite hip. Mm. So it will be on the flip side. So if your left shoulder, a lot of times your right hip is super tight. Wow. Now, for the body, we have patterns and pain will often show up in the shoulders before the hips. So a lot of shoulder pain can actually come from the hips. So we should talk about that next. Awesome. Yeah. 
So low back pain, it's mysterious. Um, it's mysterious in the way that it refers pain to people. Some people feel like it's their lower lumbar um, in the middle of their back. Some people feel it like, you know, up kind of by where your bra strap would be or your, you know, kind of the middle mm-hmm. um, by those ribs. Some people will feel it down in their glute um, and talk about this kind of like sciatic kind of pain. Mm-hmm. Um I've researched low back pain a lot and I've done a lot of like isolating work where I'm just working the low back muscles to relieve that pain. And what I've realized with low back pain and with hip pain, a lot of it does come from the legs, Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of hard for people to take that in because when they go and get a massage or when they feel themselves, they're like, no, it's right there. But the legs don't often refer pain like the back does. And so when your legs are really tight in the hamstrings and the glutes, um, for whatever reason, the pain will show up um, kind of like a hierarchy of pain. It will show up in the shoulder first, and then you're going to feel it in your hip. And then maybe if it gets bad enough, you're going to feel like a shooting down the leg and almost like a numbness kind of thing. And that Mm. is a good indicator that your hamstrings are really tight. Um, So anyone dealing with low back pain, I would say take a look at how your hamstrings are feeling. And hamstrings are hard to stretch when they're tight. Um, They're hard to stretch in general, I think, for Mm -hmm. myself and, you know, talking to other people. Um, So what I would say is if you can get body work for low back pain, Um, get a practitioner that's willing to work your hamstrings and loosen them up. Mm -hmm. I myself like to use my knees. I climb on people and that's not for everyone, but it's kind of like a shiatsu or Thai type work. Mm -hmm. And if you can use broad pressure along the hamstrings into the leg, um, you're essentially affecting that pulley system again. So you have these really, really long banded, tight ropey muscles pulling the leg and pulling the hip Mm -hmm. and you're feeling it in your low back, but you take pressure on top of these long tube like muscles and you're creating like a tourniquet and then you're taking the pressure off and new blood can rush to that area, to that leg. Uh, A lot of people will say, oh, I have sciatica, you know, maybe a medical or Western type doctor diagnosed them with sciatic pain. Well, you know, we all have our sciatic nerve and several nerves that run down the leg. But when the muscles are tight around that nerve, they're going to feel that sensation. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that they have sciatica or they have any problem with their nerve. Um, But most likely the muscles around the nerve are constricting it and Mm. tight on top of it. So with low back pain, um, you know, there's a few different things I'd recommend. I'd recommend getting your hamstrings worked in a deep way, getting your glutes worked on in a specific way. Um, However, the glutes and hips tend to be really tender to touch, Mm -hmm. which is why, again, hamstrings are really easy, gentle way to access what's above it. 
Uh, so working that area is good. Also, you know, any of the videos we offer where you can use a tool along the sacrum, which is the bone that you lay on kind mm -hmm. of above your glutes, right? And you can use any sort of tool or therapy ball um, around yeah. that area. That's really good for low back pain and helpful for low back pain. Yeah. Um, within your self-care program, um, I'm pretty sure that we did a whole video where you were showing like using a tennis ball. Um, I think we had like a yoga block and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and even with a traditional foam roller, you know, I think that foam rolling the hamstrings is one of the um, easier, <laughs> yeah. easier things to do with a foam roller. Exactly. Um, but that is definitely something that, you know, you're so right. You don't usually sit there and be like, oh, my hamstrings are bothering me. Right. You know, it's, it's the back that, you know, is feeling it. Um, but once I'll like work on my hamstrings or foam roll out or whatever, or, you know, even just doing, um, you know, like some forward folds, but I really like to do like very generous bend right. in my knees. Exactly. Um, always and, careful with the knees. Yeah. And then, you know, you can really feel yourself like working into the hamstrings. Um, it really, it really does help my back. It's, it's kind of incredible. Um, yeah, I kind of think about that song, you know, from when we were a kid, right? And like the hip bones connected to the leg yeah, bone. And, exactly. You know, and it's hilarious, but it's also completely freaking true. You right. Know? And we sometimes forget that like, yes, everything's connected and you can't, you know, the same way that you can't spot reduce and weight loss. Like that's kind of a common thing. Exactly. Now. Like, oh, you can't spot reduce and just lose weight here or whatever. Right. You know, I kind of think of the same thing when it comes you know, to pain, you know, you can't just work on one single area of the body and pretend like it exists in a vacuum. Right. You know, everything is connected. And, right. And, you know, so this concept of, um, you know, if you're wanting to get out of pain, you don't just try to spot reduce right. the one area. You remember that like, hey, you've got your spine, you know, connecting all of our different pieces together. Right. Um, and then even once you get out from the spine, you can talk about, you know, your arms, your shoulder attachment, your hips, your knees, etc. Um, but for me, just having this uh, consideration right. that it's all connected. And so when That's I powerful. am feeling really tense or tight or I've actually got pain, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do some work on my feet because that it's a really easy place to reference. Um you know, and whether you're doing like official reflexology or not, like most of the time, if I work on my feet a little bit or even just soak my feet in a hot tub or something, um, I will notice that the rest of my body feels significantly better. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought up feet because there are a lot of people out there that do not want you to touch their feet, <laughs> which is fine because you can work on your own feet. <laughs> and so much of the alignment of how our feet carry us. I mean, mm. you can get into the Eastern side of reflexology and it's, it's intelligent and there's a lot there and a lot of history and research around it. And I think there's some validity for sure. Um, but even just physiologically, how our weight is distributed and what shoes we're wearing and the mm. surface that we're on and how all that goes up into the rest of our body and yeah. how our spine is sitting on top of itself and how our head is sitting on top of the rest. Mm -hmm. And so nourishing and nurturing the feet yeah. definitely will help 
your alignment. It will help your hips. It will help your legs. It will help all of it. Mm-hmm. The feet are definitely an important part to address and should not be left out. Right. And, you know, when we, you know, at the earlier part um, of this discussion, we were kind of talking about repetitive movements and right. how, like, just... The repetitive movement, no matter if it's a good movement or bad movement, but just that we're doing the same things over and over. You know, I think about my feet and I'm like, wow, talk about the part of my body that's like, it's always the same. You know, whether you're sitting, whether you're standing, like your feet virtually are in the same position. Um, And then, you know, from doing yoga, I've had a lot of awareness growing and like how I distribute my weight over my feet and you know um, somebody even pointed out to me one time they were like oh yeah I mean you can just look at your shoes and you can see that you're 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 putting your weight over on the side right she was like and some people you'll look at their shoes and you can see that they put all their weight inward right um and you know and I just kind of went oh wow yeah (laughs) you know how crazy um and so I started trying to like pay more attention to like standing more evenly over the feet and just trying to notice that I'm not like putting all my weight on the side or on the inside or on one foot. Right. And, you know, so that's like another big thing I've noticed with my hips. Um, and also because I'm like six feet tall or whatever, I noticed that I had started this habit probably as a middle schooler or something of always standing like with like one hip kind of cocked to the side. Cause right. I could kind of create the illusion that I wasn't as tall. Right. Um, and, but I created all of these issues in my low back that right. like, as I, you know, um, you know, got older, started getting older. I started noticing and I started paying attention to how I was standing. I noticed that I did this crazy thing where I like always just had my weight on one foot and, you know, just starting to make the intention that I'm going to try to notice that I stand evenly, that I, you know, and they talk about in yoga, the mountain pose, they really yeah. like break that down and how you stand and the alignment. I thought, wow, that actually makes a really big difference. Yeah. Um, acknowledgement, acknowledgement of your body's position when it mm. comes to pain is really powerful. Yeah. And, and even just listening to us talk and acknowledging, wow, maybe my low back pain is coming from my legs. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's powerful even just knowing that your pain is not isolated to where it is. Mm -hmm. It's your whole body that needs a little love or relaxation or stretch. Mm -hmm. And that can eliminate that kind of pinnacle of wherever you're feeling it. Right. And I think that, you know, realistically speaking, you know, the idea that we're going to never experience pain in our lives. Right. It's like pretty unrealistic. It's like saying like, oh yeah, just uh, avoid stressful situations. Right. Like how am I going to go through my life avoiding stressful situations all the time? Um, So it just kind of, you know, creates the necessity that, you know, how are we going to manage pain? How are we going to deal with pain how are we going to take some responsibility in our lives for just doing what we can right? to try and support our body and keep it out of pain? Like noticing our repetitive motions, noticing our breathing. You know, we just kind of barely touched on that. But, you know, that is, um, I think, such an important component and just kind of reiterating that it's like completely free, completely available to you literally at any time Right. Um, to just breathe more deeply. Yeah. Slow down. Yes. Take a break. Um, 
bringing your attention to the body, noticing what you're feeling, um, and, you know, just kind of remembering that, you know, there are so many things in this world that, that we can't do anything about. Um, but what we're really kind of all about here, you know, on the Wellness Plus podcast is, is helping people realize, actually, there's a lot of things that you can do to improve the situation. There, and even there though are. there's a lot of stuff that we can't change and we can't help, there's probably a lot more that we can do if we just take the time to do it, yep. take the responsibility to do it, yeah. um, and, and just, um, you kind of knowing that we're not powerless right. to improve our situation. Exactly. Um, and so, you know what, Chandler, I will go ahead and let us wrap this one up for today, but I want to thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Um, and I just would encourage people listening to, uh, check out your self-care program. Um, check out some of the videos we've done teaching simple massage techniques so that if you do have, um, a friend, a family member, heck, even a coworker, you know, um, when I used to work, um, work in a cubicle, you know, I had the person in the cubicle next to me and we would like work on each other's forearms yeah. on our, on our lunch break and a stuff. A little goes a long way. Um, and it, yeah, it just made such, such a difference. Yeah. Um, so I just want to thank you so much for being here and i um, looking forward to all of our future podcasts. Yay. Me too. I love being here. Thank you so much. Awesome. I want to thank all of you for listening and for tuning in. I hope that you will check out some of Chandler's programs over on wellnessplus.tv. And I look forward to seeing you all in the next video and or podcast. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you again soon. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psyche truth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all of our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind the scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psyche truth. That's P-S-Y- C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H.